This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. on the human side of property and I feel like with this episode we should do an epic drum roll because we've got a bit of a celebrity in the house so guys you're gonna drum roll with me I don't know oh, what? I was oh. gonna say I don't know whether I'm gonna have to put in a drum roll after the fact can you do that well, well I, I can yeah all right so there you go so uh, listeners, you will insert drum roll. Um, M, help in, Matt insert drum roll. Thank you. Thank you, VA. That's great. Um, so yeah, we have the one and only Paul Champlina in the house. Now, most of you will know him off the telly. And to be fair, I'm not going to discredit him by even attempting to do the introduction. So Paul, I'm going to hand over to you to tell us exactly who you are. Oh, what a lovely introduction. I get called a lot of things, actually. So that was quite sweet, especially when I knock on a door with a film crew at six in the morning. <laughs> uh, I won't do any expletives on this, and I'm a bit of a, uh, a bit of a cockney, so I'll try you and. Can, uh... You can swear, by the way. Oh, I can, swear I, a lot. Really? Company, we are explicit in this. Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're bringing a bit of swearing in later on, depending on some of the questions. But yeah, I'm Paul Champlina. I'm founder of Landlord Action, where a lot of people know me as the eviction man. I don't know if that's good or bad. So I've been helping landlords and letting agents getting their properties back for thirty years. Uh, I used to be a private investigator and a bailiff as well uh, before I set up Landlord Action. I am a landlord as well. And uh, I've got, I wear loads of different hats. So I do a lot of education. I do obviously media, people see me on the TV, radio, uh, loads of webinars and all that type of stuff. And uh, I also represent a company called Hamilton Fraser who purchased my business Landlord Action for years ago. And I'm chief commercial officer of Hamilton Fraser. And we own other brands such as My Deposits, The Property Redress Scheme, Client Money Protect, Landlord Zone, which is a, a brand, obviously a well-known website for landlords, uh, Total Landlord Insurance. We've got about six, or, I think we've got about eight or 10 brands actually. So I wear loads of hats. People just think that I knock on doors and a big bad tenants uh, as a, a full-time living, but I don't. So it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, Amazing. welcome. There's many more layers than just evicting tenants. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, look, evicting a tenant now is, you know, it's a last resort. And mm. uh, we're now still in in COVID lockdown. I've lost the will to live. I don't know, third or fourth lockdown, whatever it is. You know, uh, people are losing jobs. Uh, but it's been a tough time for tenants, but it's been a really tough time for landlords. People forget that. People think that landlords have got loads of money and they're multimillionaires and all that. But you know what? 90% of landlords have only got one or two property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got 16 staff at Landlord Action. I've employed three solicitors in the last four months. Uh, because, of course, as you know, the courts are backed up. There's evictions are, are, are uh, banned until the 31st of May. And I've got a record amount of landlords and I speak to landlords every day. I make sure that I'm, you know, I'm on the ground that have owed more than 12 months rent arrears. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a big loss. Uh, you know, people are struggling to pay mortgages and, you know, we don't know what it's going to be like when furloughing stops and government support stops in September. So it's, it's quite, uh, quite tough times. Really is, isn't it? I and mean, you get to see both sides of the coin really, don't you? Because you're, you're so exposed to both the tenant and the landlord. I mean, What's been the hardest thing that you've seen over over lockdown? Uh, 
Oh, that's a really good question. You know what? I got contacted uh, numerous times by landlords and tenants. I've never seen landlords and tenants engage so much better than, than they have during lockdown, especially the first mm-hmm. lockdown when, you know, you saw about what the NHS were doing and they were doing amazing jobs. And, you know, whatever people say, and, you know, it is a them and us scenario. And there's a lot of tenant groups that portray landlords as greedy bastards and all that. And they're not, you know, a lot of them are really, really caring, albeit some of them are pretty naive. And they shouldn't be managing property themselves. They should be using letting agents because keeping up with compliance is, is a big, big problem, Joe. But uh, I've, you know, I've, I've seen, I think some of the, I, I think I've seen some actions of, I mean, dare I say it, of one landlord that totally uh, took the law into his hands and threw a tenant out in the midst of COVID. I think what's happened is, is that there was um, a, an air of desperation and a numb feeling by landlords because obviously the court's, were suspended from March to September. Uh, and they thought, you know, and, it, and now the reality is it can take a year to get your property back after serving a notice. So there has been an increase of landlords taking uh, taking the law into their own hands. But of course, mental health's been a big problem mm. and people were getting COVID and they were in properties. And so, yeah, it's, um, it is getting back to normal. And of course, we've got the vaccine now, but, you know, demand in the market for renting is still very strong. We have a housing shortage, but it's been really weird because I've worked in recessions. You know, uh, we've got 6 million people claiming universal credit. Unemployment is going to be, you know, is going to be rising. But of course, there's been a whole load of uh, job creations that are coming in and people are working from home. But uh, obviously the stamp duty concession, I mean, that was no one, you know, that no one saw that coming to be extended until the end of June. And we've seen a, a massive bounce and, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the market's really buoyant and the interest rate is, you know, is nothing. So it's a, we're in a bit of a weird place, really. But, um, you know, uh, at the moment, you know, property is really expensive and that's why people are renting. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's interesting how the that the market has taken this weird kind of upside down topsy-turvy um, kind of view over the last last year we, we've kind of made it making predictions about massive drops and then all of a sudden it's it's buoyant and then and the government come out and do something kind of weird and wonderful and um, you know ha- hoping to ease the because it's going to be a drop but ease that drop so it's not all of a sudden mm. um, but I suppose it leads on to a question which we always ask our guests when they come on, uh, which is, um, what does the human side of property mean to you? The human side of property means it means relationships. You know, it means, you know, let, let, you know, if I if I talk about renting, you know, uh, la- landlording, and I call it landlording, has changed significantly from the last ten to fifteen years. You know, you've got two and a half million landlords out there, nine million tenants, four and a half million properties being rented uh, out. Uh, it's I, I think landlords have got to treat tenants as customers. OK, they have to engage better. Their offerings got to be better. Uh, and I think landlords have been a bit stuck in the mud because they think that they're renting what they were doing 10 years ago. But I think uh, I think COVID's changed everything with regard to relationships. You know, I've, I've I think if anything that's good that's come out of COVID is uh, relationship and uh, the increase of communications. I mean, I, 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 I started a new, we started four new businesses in, in lockdown. We started a mortgage business, mortgage broker business. We started OME, O-M-E, which is Deposit Replacement Alternative. We started a letting agent advice line called HF Assist, where letting agents can get advice. And we also started a mediation business. So I do quite a lot of work, advisory work with the government. Mediation is forming a, a big part of things 
going forward in the courts and they've, they've piloted a scheme. So we've got a brand called the Property Redress Scheme and we have trained mediators that will mediate between landlords and tenants. And we even now with landlord action, we serve a notice and eviction notice and then we'll offer the landlords to be able to try and mediate with the tenants and we will reach out to the tenants because it's all about trying to get vacant possession and doing deals and writing off, tenant, writing off rent arrears to basically try and get your property back to relet because worst case scenario, you could have a, t- I mean, there's a lot of tenants um, that are taking advantage of COVID and are longing it out. You know, you, you could have a tenant staying in a property for a year, not paying the rent. I mean, I've got one landlord, I two and a half years rent arrears and she's homeless wow. at the moment. I mean, horrendous stories, but you don't, I mean, yeah. I try and report on that, but uh it's normally bad landlord stories that pick up news headlines rather than bad tenant stories. Yeah, those are the stories that sell. They, they sell the papers, aren't they? So that's all people hear about. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's true. I mean, and to be honest, that's why, I've, I mean, I've been doing TV for 20 years. I did my first TV, pro- no, I think 2002 I did it, uh, about buy to let. So I've done lots of different TV. I mean, obviously the series Nightmare Tenant Slum Landlords has been a big hit. And... Uh, it's very balanced and that's that's why I've gone on it, you know. Uh, and, you know, I, I did nine months filming before lockdown, the first lockdown, uh, travelling all around the country. And they're extreme cases. They're, a lot of the time they're landlords that aren't using a letting agent to fully manage. I always expose dodgy, dodgy letting agents stealing landlords' rents or dodgy Airbnb subletting. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, they show Harrow Council going after criminal landlords. So it's got quite a good balance. Uh, and it's quite enlightening. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, it puts landlords off because, you know, where we're, we're at at the moment, Niall, is uh, we're in this, this point where, uh, you know, landlords, there's lots of changes. Uh, and some landlords will think, I've had enough. And, of course, you've mm. got the tax changes and it's not as profitable. Uh, and worrying about tenants not paying the rent and all these different changes and legislation. Um, so a lot, some landlords are obviously going to be rent, uh, are looking to sell their properties and, you know, as to when the market moves. I mean, I thought, you know, like everyone, you know, I thought the market was going to come down after a year, but no one anticipated the government support. Um, yeah. And, you know, most probably 2022, there will might, might be a correction uh, because something that keeps on going up, uh, I think has to come down. I know that's that. But I think once you get a true indication of the job losses and inflation, you'll, you'll see a correction. I don't think there's going to be a, a big recession. I don't mean, there's a lot of money with a lot of money waiting to buy property yes you can actually feel it can't you i know a lot of investors that are waiting i mean i said in my second webinar which i think it was the first week of april uh my prediction was the commercial property market is going to get battered right mm-hmm. you know you're going to have commercial uh property use uh, transferring to resi uh, you'll see the high streets changing i think that's inevitable Obviously, lending criteria has changed. But I said in the resi market, I, you know, I, I said quite early on as well, I said the student market was going to be affected. It was in the first lockdown where students couldn't go to their, to the, to their properties. They were staying at home and then guarantors were trying not to be able to pay the rent. Uh, so a lot of that's going to be online. And also the guaranteed the rent to rent market as well. I predicted that was going to be affected. And, and we've seen that I saw it across the board where uh, operators weren't passing the rent on to landlords because people in HMOs were either going abroad or they'd been laid off in retail and, uh, and on zero contract, zero hours contracts. Uh, so they were the most affected, uh, I think, out of the resi markets. No, I definitely agree with you. Um, so one thing that um, we all specialise in is, is HMOs and like a kind of good quality, um, what we call next level HMOs. And um, uh, that is, is, uh, that's been a really interesting market 
from our side. Do you, do you have many dealings with kind of that marketplace? Loads, because <laughs> I, rep- I, rep- I represent total landlord insurance. Yeah. Uh, we do the landlord insurance for the National Residential Landlord uh, Association, and that is they specialise in HMOs. Landlord yeah. Action, we're evicting tenants from HMOs. You know, I represent uh, one of our brands is My Deposit, so we do a lot of student lets. You know, I think HMO renting, and I, I wrote about it, I, I write a lot of content all the time and all, on various different platforms. HMO renting is not for the faint-hearted, you know, in management, and I'm sure you guys know. You're dealing with strangers, all right, who have to get on with each other, who might have different work patterns, different cultural beliefs or whatever. I think, uh, and, you know, if you have one... And this is where the rent to rent model goes wrong. If you're not, if you if you're not experienced, you don't know about legislation. HMO licensing has changed the game dramatically. P- people were looking at trying to make a quick buck with regard to guaranteed rent, rent to rent. Uh, it's an issue. I mean, I'll tell you one funny story. I mean, literally, we've got a full time process server that's going around the southeast hand delivering notices on rooms. I mean, mostly for non payment of rent. But antisocial behaviour has increased dramatically uh, in in uh, HMOs that's mm. happened a lot uh, but I think the, I think really a light-hearted story I think once we got asked to serve a section 8 notice for uh, ground 14 which was oh no ground 12 which was breach of tenancy because one tenant was nicking the other tenants cereal which happened to be cocoa pops because obviously they have their own <laughs> And I, we served the notice. It was one of the funniest things. And we listed Cocoa Pops in a Section 8 notice, uh, but we didn't go to court. Uh, but sometimes, you know, as agents and as landlords, you do become social workers and you have to you have to deal with it. But you also have to be pragmatic and you have to, if you've got a bad egg in there, a bad tenant in there, if you get it wrong and they're in there and they're inviting their friends or, you know, there's drug tape, whatever it may be, before you know it, you could have an empty house. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that kills you for cash flow. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. You become your their parent, you become their counsellor, you become their everything, basically. I've actually got some Rice Krispies, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> what a great link that is. <laughs> that Amazing. So now we know what Paul Champlain has for breakfast. Exactly. But I, I'll tell you one funny story just quickly. Well, I love my Red Bull, which is really bad for you. Right? <laughs> and I am hyperactive, as you can most probably hear. And it was funny, one of my marketing team here wrote to Red Bull and said... Um, you know, you know, one of our directors, you know, he does a Channel 5 programme and he loves Red Bull. Would you like to endorse him? And they came back and said, no, we only endorse elite sportsmen. So, uh, <laughs> How rude. I got a knock back. I do do white collar boxing and I still play football almost 50 years old. But well, I'm not I hope you wrote sport. back and told them that and just said, excuse me. I didn't. I didn't have the time, unfortunately. So now I have to buy my own Red Bull. How bad oh, is that? Oh, babe, that's not good. You need some product placement support. I need some vodka in it, maybe. Yeah, that always helps. And to be we should fair, have done a podcast drinking vodka Red Bull. That would have been a bit different. Listen, well, Paul, to be... that's our default. Because when we were recording live, like in the studio, which the last time we were able to do that was Christmas, wasn't it, boys? Let's just yeah. say there was a little bit of inebriation happening. Was, is that, was that, would that be fair to say? You just need to yeah. listen to the Christmas episode and oh, uh, you, you, you get the, well, the What episode was it? So I can listen. Is it the Christmas one? It's the Christmas one. You'll literally piss well, I will listen to that. Are you basically it, pissed as a fart? We're singing. Like we we're did. We're just, it, it doesn't take you very long. It's only like a five minute episode. Well, no, you're Irish. The drinking should come natural to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's one of the problems. I'm one of the influencers, I guess, on these two innocent children beside me. <laughs> and I'm the influencer. That's, that's no, Joe doesn't look that innocent to me, believe me. Definitely not. I'm, I'm half Scottish, half 
half kiwi it's literally drinking is in our dna like literally it's like and when niall and i go together we told this story recently niall and i met up for a socially distanced walk and i turned up like mary poppins with a bag full of booze i was literally like any excuse so i literally was pulling out gin i was pulling out vodka i was pulling out soda water i was pulling out tonic water lime cordial he was like we're in i park sitting on a park bench with loads of yeah. we're, that's, exactly that's, what we're we classy we're very classy we're outside oh tesco's yeah we didn't stick that low not quite that low but it's been known it's been known <laughs> interesting i'm gonna to listen to that episode you'll piss yourself honestly five minutes of us singing every single year we do a rendition of a christmas song and we just completely morph it into a property jam tune um okay. so yeah was it let it snow what, what well i think thing? you should do it why don't you do a property jam like a dance mix you know like a house tune or whatever <laughs> my two best mates that but my best men are both dj producers they, they do a lot of stuff actually maybe i could get them to rustle something up for you for christmas Listen, I'm, I'm, ask matt matt's music man like <laughs> Yeah, I was just, I was just thinking because our, our theme music is a bit like because um, I'm a jazz musician um, oh, um, on the side. Well, I was a jazz musician full time, but now properties. Anyway, um, but um, now yeah, managing our, HNOs. Now, no, I ain't managing them. Uh, <laughs> Actually, very clever. Actually... <laughs> pay someone uh, else to do yeah, that. Pay shit. someone else. Although, although, although <laughs> saying that, we have just set up our own nationwide uh, management agency, which is uh, a big learning but a massive um, opportunity, I think, in in good quality HMOs. So you know but, what you should do. You know what you should do, Matt. As a, yeah. I think landlords should give uh, welcoming gifts to tenants. It sets the tone yeah. quite nicely. Definitely. So what yeah. you could do is you could give them a box of cocoa pops. <laughs> With your face with on. Their own name on it. <laughs> with my boat waist on the top, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dear. Like, Shit, are we getting evicted? We haven't even moved in yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Champlina Pops. Yeah. There's a brand there. Trademark it. Trademark. I'm, I'm going to send you one pop. of these, by the way. I've got stress balls. Stress Have balls? You? Yeah, stress ball. Landlord action stress balls. So I'll send Have they got your you. face on them? Yeah, No, not my face, no. Okay. <laughs> What's it got on it, then? Oh. <laughs> don't give that out of the welcome tenant gifts i don't think it will go down no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I, I think we, we should just feel at home on property jam we've just literally exactly. taken it right have a laugh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think we should, I think we should move this on so paul i believe you've come prepared with a question or two for us i have there was a couple of questions i mean can i ask two or can i only ask one now go mad who you like okay so the first one you had there was something a little bit similar so who would you, each of you, would be your dream co-tenant and why? Ooh. Oh, that's a... Oh. Depends on... Mm, yeah. Just no, one. Hold on. I, I want an answer today rather than... You can call a friend if you want. <laughs> Matt, Matt is the worst at this. Like, he'll be here for like three weeks. So I got, Jeremy, go ladies first. So, Joe, over to you. Well, You've got to think of everything. I mean, let me just... Oh, no. my, mine would be, just to give you an example. Yeah, so give me a flavour. Mine would be um, uh, Mickey Flanagan. Oh, no, he'd drive you nuts. Imagine no, you he'd be, I'd have such a laugh with him. I'd be in stitches. <laughs> be like two blokes, you know, having a laugh or whatever. I would just, I just think I'd have a right laugh. So that'd be my reason. Okay. Yeah, I'm but thinking. Think, like, I'd get a cleaner in. I wouldn't expect him to do the cleaning. But... Oh my God, two cockneys just walking around going, we're in, in. We're going in, in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Out, out. Oh, yeah. oh, it'd be so funny. Yeah. All right. Okay. I get it. I, I think Nigella Lawson oh. would be a really good person because she's a great cook. She sounds like, and, and I'm sure she likes a party. Yeah, I've heard she likes I love a party. that answer. Good I'm answer. very surprised by that answer, actually. I'm not ready for that, Niall. That's really thrown me. 
Really? Why? No, I, I thought you'd. I thought both of you would have chosen chosen Jason. Uh, well, yeah. my, Jason Momoa was the first one that jumped into my head. And to of be course, fair, of course, because that was the answer yeah. the last time you were asked this question. I know. I know. Well, so, who's the answer, Joe? It was Jason Momoa because he's just he can throw tomahawks. I'd like to throw tomahawks in the garden with Jason. A- Aquaman, Paul. He's, and- he's the guy that plays Aquaman. Yeah. Well, I don't know who that is. No, oh, he's fit. I mean, obviously, he's a nice man. He's obviously, he's obviously a good-looking bloke. He's a very handsome man. Right. And, yeah, so there's obviously the handsome reason. There's the practical yeah. tomahawk-throwing reason. Yes. I think he's got good chat. I think he's quite smart as well. Okay. And he's just pleasant to look at. I need something pleasant to look at. Mickey right, Flanagan, okay. nice guy, funny, not so pretty. I'm going to put yeah, it Yeah, but I'm not going for pretty. I'm going for laugh and humour. Yeah, true. You, know? you, know, uh, I, you, yeah. you get that thing when, you know... You got to make a girl laugh, haven't you? That's what they always say that, for So yeah, I just think I just think he would be a laugh. He would be a laugh. He He'd is good laugh. value, isn't he? The sure. him... answer. Uh, so I've been <laughs> mulling it over, trying to think that, 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 what's going to keep me happiest the longest. I think it does come back to um, back to music. Yes. Um, and uh, I think I think I quite like to spend quite a bit of time in Nile Rogers. Oh right. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, and just write some tunes and just have some yeah. you know, funky Jam tunes. With him. Mm. Jam. Yeah, exactly. He's a cool guy. I've seen him play a couple of times, actually. Okay, I've got yeah. one more question. So I, I, I feel like I've taken your podcast over. I'm probably go for it. Oh, no, go for it. Okay. So you've got half a million quid as property experts. I'm not going to call you gurus because we don't like the name gurus. Yeah, we hate no, them. You're right. Yeah. Time, right. What are you going to do with it and where are you going to invest it and why? Oh, three questions. Oh. But it's all one, but you give me the reason why. Okay. Does it have to be property? Has to be property, because we're in the property jam. We're not in the music jam. We're not in the... We're not in the... uh, Strawberry jam. Strawberry jam, yeah. Yeah. Or we're not in a traffic jam. Thank God. Okay. Oh, my goodness, you just reminded me of some of my my daughter's kid, uh, kid show she watches. Jam. Anyway, yeah, I know it's weird. Weird, a segue. Continue. <laughs> um, okay, half a million quid to invest in property. Where and why? I'd probably buy the whole of Grimsby, to be fair. You could probably... <laughs> right? That's, that's, that'll be the market price. But it, you've got a big following at Grimsby. They're going to turn off you now. <laughs> my builder's going to kill me. Be like, you bitch. Yeah, so I'm just going to buy Grimsby. But also, I think you get Cleethorpes thrown in as a Brucey bonus. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a complaints procedure at Property Jam? But if you have a problem, if you have a complaint, please contact Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's at the end. There's the the disclaimer. (laughs) Yeah, if you have an issue, uh, speak to Joe. Speak to Joe. She'll ignore you. It's fine. (laughs) So, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd buy, I'd buy, um, a whole a whole town and yeah. uh, and a neighbouring seaside town. And you might well. get some free fish with that if you're lucky as well. Yeah, I think the fish is a bit. I think the whole fish industry in Grimsby's taken a bit of a nosedive over the years. Um, it's definitely not what it was. So, but I mean, listen, fish fingers on a Friday, you know, nothing more that. Didn't they? I, didn't they make a movie it. about Grimsby? Oh, yes, watched, they did. It was rubbish. You know, listen. With, what's his name? Story, Sasha Bowen. Sasha Bowen. Funny story. I was in Grimsby watching Grimsby. I watched it in Cleethorpe Cinema. And wow. it was, the f- I've never felt so awkward in my entire life because <laughs> this whole place was getting absolutely like assassinated by this movie. And all the residents are in there watching it with this guy. He couldn't even do a Northeast Lincolnshire accent. It was so bad. It was so offensive. And like, oh my God, I've just got images of like, was it an elephant humping something? Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. But yeah, quite a funny and ironic experience. But 
once in a lifetime. It's like watching snakes on a plane. I watched snakes on a plane on a plane. I think I turned off for that. Oh yeah, yeah. and on a plane, yeah. Well, okay. I did. I couldn't yeah. go to the toilet. I was so nervous. It's like going to jump out and get me. <laughs> Sorry, you just need to you need to pick better movies, Joe. I think your your movies are pretty sh- it's pretty shocking right now. T- Titanic on a cruise next, and you've got the, the uh, trilogy. Yeah, Titanic on a cruise. That's yeah, Titanic. <laughs> All right, so I'm done. I'm, I've bought an entire town. So go on. Um, next, who's next? Oh, I'm uh, torn. Yeah, I'm torn too because I I was thinking there's something along the same lines as Joe of buying Burnley. <laughs> Two Burnleys, I reckon. You get Burnley and like, where else could you throw in? Doncaster? We get Doncaster in there as well. Come on, I want a serious answer. Come on. <laughs> Come okay. on, investors. So we're looking at some um, co-living projects along the South Coast. So half a million quid, buy a commercial unit. Uh, there's a there's a, an ex-hotel, an old Paul's hotel. Writing this down. Is Paul writing this down? He's writing this down. No, I'm not. Oh. There's, there's a hotel in, um, is it in Worthing that we were looking at? Okay. Uh, uh, depends which one you're talking about. Yeah. Worth- oh, Worthing. No, Worthing. Yeah. Yes. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get one for half a million in Brighton, I can tell you that now. Yeah, no, this is a, an old hotel in uh, Worthing, converted to co-living and provide some really good accommodation really it's boring answer but that's exactly what i would do are you talking about on the on the bill to rent type of tip with uh, obviously really good amenities and uh, some sort of quality to obviously get better yield that's yeah. what those boys specialize in yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i do we do a lot of work with bill to rent operators in our organization mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's there's, there's a lot of crap accommodation along the south coast there's really poor quality and um, so we're trying to Property by property, improve it. Mm. Yeah, I've got a mate of mine in Brighton. Actually, I grew up. I, I lived in in Hove for about five years. Oh. Uh, moved back to London, and he's the third biggest landlord in Brighton. He's got eight hundred and sixty tenants. Wow. Uh, oh, wow! And he's got them all. And and Brighton's just become too expensive. He's gone all the way to Worthing, Eastbourne, mm. all mm. different areas basically. But uh, yeah, yeah. Bright, I mean, Brighton's Brighton, cost wise, is on par with London. Prices. It is, yeah, yeah. Mad, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I would, because we, we've got our eye on, um, as I say, a couple of flagship properties we're looking to develop this year, and um, you know, one of the goals that I would like to do is to have a mixed, uh, mixed use building. So, um, half a million pounds plus development finance would do that, where we could purchase, um, say, as a large office block. Um, so Niall's looking at a hotel. There's a few office blocks, town centres, redeveloping town centres, yeah. um, where we can have um, kind of a combination of um, apartments, uh, co-living, so really beautiful rooms with shared amenity, um, mm. and then community-based space down the bottom as well, which can be used by the local community. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and with my ex-music hat on, um, the ability to have kind of like studios down there um, and just versatile space. Um, which can be used. You've got co-working, you've got co-living, you've got uh, yeah, so much you can provide. And I think what the government are doing, well, obviously you mentioned earlier about commercial taking a nosedive. I think there's a huge opportunity to come in and actually make a, a massive difference um, to town centres. Uh, yeah. My concern is is the rogue operators or the um, you know people coming in and, and just chasing a quick buck and walking away, which is why I love the build to rent, because if you're building and you're operating, you've got to think about, that building the life that building over you know 25 yeah, years correct. so um, that's that's something that yeah we're very passionate about so now and i work together we've got a business right that's so, really good yeah yeah mm. good answers apart from mm. mine but that's fine 
<laughs> Joe's buying Grimsby. <laughs> um, we're buying Brighton. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's, cl- it's classic, classic property jam. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Paul. Some, as you were talking, um, actually, as Matt was talking, something came up to me. What pisses you off more? Is it a bad landlord or a bad tenant? Like, which one really irks you more? A really good question. Uh, both. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a cop out, but I mean, it, but I mean, let me give an example. On one case, uh, it was on the, I can't remember when it was, I lose track of this years. There was an old, uh, an old retired couple. They lived in, uh, in Norfolk and they rented, they, they, man, they, they shouldn't have managed the, the block, but they managed the block they lived in. There was about five, four or five flats in there. They put this tenant above and she was a serial bad tenant. I knew straight away. Serial bad tenants are the worst ones to get mm. where they go from one property to another, long it out and then make out this some from the property, terrorise the landlord and go, I mean, our worst serial bad tenant we had cost six landlords 148 grand in six years. Wow. Yeah. And I exposed him on a TV programme. This was in 2011 uh, called Inside Out in, in London. Uh, but she, I've now got an instruction that uh, from another landlord she's gone to, she'd done someone in the meantime, and now another landlord has contacted me, and I've got to evict her. So I'm, I'm hoping I can re-expose her on the show. But on uh, on rogue landlords, I mean, obviously, you know, some. I mean, I I went to uh, I, I went to Shadow uh, Harrow uh, House uh, Housing Enforcement Team, uh, Environmental Team. And uh, I mean, you know, the housing enforcement teams, they have a real lack of resource. And it's literally, uh, the, you know, the time of the prosecution should be much heavier than what they are now. I know there's banning orders and mobilists and whatever. But yeah, some of the rogue landlords that will uh, really take advantage of tenants, you know, overcrowding, taking the complete and utter piss. Mm. Uh, and I think now with the legislation with regard to the Deregulation Act, uh, and I gave evidence at Parliament relating to retaliation eviction, since that came in, it's changed the game, you know, and there is more legislation. And obviously the eviction ban has highlighted part of the problem uh, in the sense that landlords feel that tenants have got more rights. It may feel like that because obviously you can't get the property back. So I literally would say both. You know, mm. I see I see landlords taking advantage and they need to be exposed. They need, but it's, a, it's still a small minority of landlords. Mm. There's far more... Bad tenants. I'm talking about bad tenants that will take advantage, not bad tenants that fall on a hard time because a good tenant doesn't turn into a bad tenant overnight. You know, everyone, everyone falls on hard times. It's how you deal with them and how you engage. But, you know, a big problem is uh, tenants purposely taking housing benefit, not passing on to the landlord, but also mm-hmm. tenants that can't manage their money. Which is a big so thing, isn't one it? Of the, one, of the worst, one of the worst laws that came in was direct payment. Yeah. tenants because a lot of tenants can't manage their money and they end up making themselves homeless and I've I've spoke to government and I you know I campaign a lot for landlords and letting agents but I, I try and be quite balanced and sometimes I'm there I get shot out I get abused a bit on Twitter and whatever and I get called this and that whatever but I try and be quite balanced really you know uh but yeah I would say it's both it's but you're always going to get bad and both but there are far more bad tenants then there are bad landlords. But of course, you know, there's no room for bad landlords because you've got landlords that are naive. Is that mm. a defence? But they, you know, and there should be... I, when I was on the consultation about banning orders, I had three strikes and you're out. I, I proposed that to the government, literally sitting around a table saying, if you're a landlord being prosecuted three times, you should never be able to rent again. Mm. And there is, uh, there is provisions in place where portfolios can be taken over, a bit like receivers get them. 
there's people that should not be renting out properties. Yeah, so that, my question is, you know that girl, that woman that you've had to expose? Like, how is, how is that repeatedly possible that she's kind of... Because we don't... So, checks, I'll tell you why. Because, I mean, when I was doing the banning orders, I said you should have a serial bad tenant database. Yeah. And then I, obviously, that won't happen because the, then that creates more homelessness, more people not being able to get on the ladder. Okay. Uh, there should be. In Australia, they have a serial bad tenant database. The problem you have is you have landlords that are desperate to rent their properties out or they let the heart rule their head. Yeah. Now what happens is Section 21 is going to be banned okay mm. which means that referencing is going to be much more stringent the vulnerable tenants you've got landlords that say i'm not going to take a housing benefit tenant on even though mm. they can't advertise it but yeah i mean what they do is they're blaggers you know they give a little bit of referencing they force referencing mm. you know they go onto various different websites i'm not going to say the names because i'll get sued but they go onto websites they prey on you know you guys are, are, are property professionals but you're going onto a landlord who is an accidental landlord and he's renting his property out and he thinks I'm not going to pay an agent 8% full management, which works out, you know, 15 quid a month or something ridiculous like that. And then of course they end up getting a, a serial bad tenant. Yeah? And then you, you get tenants that will prey on vulnerable landlords that don't fully manage uh, yeah, and do full. So I've seen it all the before I've, I've done, I've had English teacher. I've had a solicitor, I've had a financial advisor. I had a trainee barrister we evicted on three occasions, wow. you know, over the years. So, yeah, it's and of course, if landlords get a money order at court and they get a count and then they enforce it as a county court judgment, it shows up. Yeah. I think eventually what will happen is, is that, uh, and we are looking at it, and we spoke to government because they are talking about, uh, rent, uh, they're talking about tenancy deposits and they're talking about lifetime deposit and rental passports. I think eventually, please God, touch wood, rent payments will be linked to credit agencies, a bit like when you pay your mortgage or you mm. pay your, your credit card. Because actually, if tenants are paying their rent, that's got to be a good thing because obviously that goes for them when they're trying to get a mortgage and obviously they're, they're waiting. So hopefully we'll get to a stage where rent payments are, in, are linked to credit agencies. Mm. Mm. It's interesting, you mentioned the tenant, the rogue tenant database. Um, in the next, well, in the next reform or proposed parliament reform bill, it's, uh, it's it's being put forward. There should be a rogue landlord database. So it's interesting. Well, there is. Was, there is, is one already. So there is, is there is in London. There is in, in London. London with, right. uh, yeah, uh, with obviously the mayor brought it in. I mean, the problem is, I mean, I give advice to tenants. I mean, you know, the tenants are driven by the property and the price, not so much the landlord. Yeah. You know, I would recommend any landlord out there to join the National Residential Landlords Association. Cost you Big 70 quid a year. Yeah. You get an advice. And we work with them. I mean, for 70 quid, it's a no-brainer. You know, just to get card. updates. Winning. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just get updates and, and see what's going on because landlording can be a bit of a lonely business. But there yeah. is there is a rogue landlord database in London boroughs. I didn't know that. Yeah, there is. And there is a rogue agent one as well. But it's I mean, the problem. I mean, obviously, look, I represent the property redress scheme and client money protect their government backed schemes. So we throw out dodgy letting agents yeah. if they don't pass the rent on or, you know, they, they we've obviously done an adjudication and we've got over. 15,000 agents that are members of the property redress scheme because you have to belong to a redress yeah, scheme by law, to rent yeah. out property yeah. or if you take rent with deposits. Yeah. God, it's so interesting. Oh, God, I've got so many questions, but I feel we could be here for like 100 years the amount of questions I've got. I know. I think I think we probably need to um, uh, get Niall on the case with um, some episode roulette. Episode roulette, yeah. Okay. So for all of our new listeners, this uh, we're going to play a 
game of episode roulette. I'm going to scroll through all our previous episodes and Paul is going to shout stop at any particular point. And then we're going to quiz him on exactly what we discussed in that episode um, on the day. And what minute it was discussed. <laughs> and what, what minute, minute it was discussed. yeah, I'll struggle with that. <laughs> okay, I'm up for this. Up for that. Perfect. Okay, so I am Perfect. scrolling. Stop. Oh, this is quite a good one for you. Episode eight, newbies to property. Mm. Well, I like that. Well, what advice would you give to newbies in property? Okay, so, I mean, I've, I'm on the advisory council relating to property investment education. Oh, good. And a lot of newbies might get sucked in to paying a vast amount of money uh, to a course they haven't done enough due, due diligence. You know what? The power of the internet is there. Try and find a mentor that someone's in property because, as I said, property is business. I think, you know what, try and, firstly, you have to have money to do property. You know, you have to have some sort of money. You know, I know there's, people want to go into a guaranteed rent, rent to rent and try and get on the ladder to do it, but they don't know about, I mean, you guys have been managing, obviously, uh, HMOs for years and it, it's, you, you, everyone makes mistake at, at property and you've got to learn by it. So it's not quick fix. Uh, property is long-term. Trying to find a deal is the holy grail. Oh, uh, that's the sexy yeah. stuff. And mm. trying to find the financing. But actually, property management is where your property pays. And actually, yeah. exactly what Matt's done. You know, Matt, Joe, Niall, do you want to take a call from your tenant five in the morning? They've lost their keys and they're pissed. Yes uh, or no? No, no. no thank you. And I, <laughs> mine's a student portfolio as well. That happens every day. Do you know but what I mean? They lose the keys or the boiler's broken down. Get a managing agent to do it and you have to do your due diligence. Just take your time. I mean, there are good courses and there are, you know, I did a property exhibition uh, Good Friday for Simon Zootsy. It was a free exhibition. Oh, yeah. It was experts and I, I ran a panel. So, you know, <clears throat> go on to YouTube, go on to websites like Cars Landlord Zone. It doesn't cost you anything. We've got 110,000 subscribers. We do the breaking news. We do three to five breaking news articles. There. Learn about the industry. Learn about where you're going to invest, why you're going to invest. Take your time, you know, join the National so join the National Residential Landlord Association about property management, understand about sourcing, understand about, you know, are you going for capital appreciation? Are you going for yield? You know, <clears throat> understand finance, understand tax, get some tax, independent oh, tax yes. advice. Get the right That's messy. Advice. But you know what? To try and find a mentor, you know, just try and find someone, could be a family friend, they've got two or three properties and they're scaling up. But what, you know, understanding an objective and more importantly, have a business plan. Are you looking to get into property to be financially free and give up your nine to five job? You know, what is what's your objective? Or, you know, do you want to do this on the side? You know, where are you in your life? Um, so there's all these different types of questions, you know, and uh, I just think that, you know, don't, I mean, I remember the days, uh, you know, of some of these property investment education and they went, you know, some of them have gone down for millions. And I remember they used to have hypnotists in the room. And I remember that they used to pay with their credit cards and they'd be buying, um, they'd be buying a penthouse in Stoke for 300 grand, right? In a what? block of 50 flats. Yeah. And they were getting sucked in and this was the height. And they had the height. The market went ballistic from 2000, uh, oh. uh, to, from 2000 to 2008. And of course they had growth, which went on their side. Um, if a deal's too good to be true, it normally is, you know. Agreed. Uh, 
And yeah. I mean, I mean, we 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 sort of like sponsor the whole. If you're going to do your due diligence on education, get it right because we're all we're all school children of the Jill Fielding Fielding Financial. I know. I've known Jill for years. I used to speak oh, to Jill. Jill. Jill's brilliant. Jill, right. The thing is, but I mean, we know she's coming from a good place. I mean, she's been in property for over forty years, right? You yeah. Trust that girl. She's like the grandmother of property investing. Yeah. Yeah. Of rogues out there, right? Well, you know, you see rogue landlords, rogue tenants. Yeah, you, I expose you see rogue them. property education people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I am. just like, seriously, like... No, I don't... I Listen, I was quoted in the I two weeks ago. You, I'll send you the link. I was quoted about it. it what, I, I do a lot of work with trading standards and the government, and also I've got Sean, who's head of the property redress scheme. We're now offering redress. So we've teamed up the property uh, bureau, uh, and basically they are trying to self... Uh, offer self-accreditation to start with yeah. because uh, you know you have to inform the government and trading standards i mean sadly you know there was the case of that chap that committed suicide oh, because gosh. he couldn't get his money back yeah, that and that's where cool. it all kicked off but i've known jill for years she's lovely she's great yeah, I, yeah. I speak for her and you know what there's some really good guys in the industry doing really good content at yeah, least all the time yeah. uh, but if you can't afford to pay for the course don't stick it on your credit card yeah you know but there needs to be redress and consumer education about a property education as well yeah it's got to be it's got to be manageable and that's what I always say right. we all teach and I, I mean I always just say like just make sure this is manageable exactly. because yeah it's it's hand holding it's support it's the mentoring all the rest of it you know which you need and the yeah. knowledge because let's face it it's just getting more and more legislated I more know. and more regulated um, you've got to know your shit you? It's, you do have to know shit I mean Joe yeah. I've, I've literally I've been asked for six years to do my own course and I do loads of, you know, I get paid to do talks. I, I train letting agents on how to attract more landlords to your business. Mm-hmm. I do all these things. I've literally recorded a course, uh, I'd say four weeks ago. I'm editing it on Friday okay. and then I'm going to launch it next couple of weeks. And I'm charging, I'm charging £39, right? Oh, yeah. It's an hour and a half course and it's called self-manage or not self-manage. Put a price in your time. And uh, I've got two, I've got three, I've got two guys who are the biggest student landlords in Birmingham I've got a mate of mine who's a letting agent and a landlord and we debate and I do some slides. And the whole objective is whoever watches it is at the end of it, they'll say, you know what? I'm going to get a letting agent to do it. Yeah. You know, after watching that, I'm going to do it myself because I think yeah. I've got the time. It's a number of so I'm, I'm going to be launching that. And I've just done it. I thought, you know what? I'll do it. And it's only going to be 39 quid. And actually people can can get it and out of that they're, they're hearing over 100 years of experience for an hour and a half you know good on yeah oh good luck with yeah, that, that that's sweet. amazing yeah yeah mm. right next one now go on hit us next up. one okay i am scrolling again right uh stop <laughs> oh episode 15 is your family invested is oh, my right, fam- we have to, we've got to explain that one haven't we yeah can you explain that yeah, so this one was when we were talking about if you're investing in property, are the people around you uh, uh, invested with you or are they like, anti it? It's kind of a bit like we're talking about like money, money mindset. Um, is property a yeah. good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, I, I would say no, to be honest. I mean, I, I've had a couple of properties. I actually, I'm only, I've got, I'm, I rent out one property in Spain and that's not a long oh, story. No. Whereabouts in Spain? Can I ask? It's in uh, La Cala, near Marbella. 20 okay. minutes, 30 minutes from my bay near, uh, near Calahondo. It's nice. Calahondo. And I rented it out and whatever. And I had another buy to that and I sold it, whatever. And uh, I think with that property experience we had in Spain, it, it put my missus off. And I think they get so bored and tedious when it comes to property in my job. Yeah. Okay. They just don't want to hear about property. Yeah. I mean, my daughter, she's 10. 
she completely and utterly mugs me off, right? So when she sees me on TV, right, I get comp- at home. I feel so inconsistent, and I can't say the word. She goes, "My name's Paul Champagne. I kick people out of houses and don't pay the bills." Right? And it was funny actually when she was five. When she was five, I mean they probably take the piss out of me. When she was five. T- or six, a teacher came up to me about a show and tell. She goes, Mr. Champlain, what do you do for a living? Because uh, your daughter, Serena, says you kick people out of houses if you don't pay the bills. <laughs> you turn up with a baseball bat. I was quite Worst embarrassed. Dad ever. Anyway, it was quite funny. It was quite funny. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So no, I would say most probably my family aren't invested. I mean, I've just gone through the absolute ball ache of living in an extension, an 80 metre extension while happen- that happening in lockdown. It's been the most horrendous oh, experience babe. of my life. I don't want to get on to talking about builders. Oh, oh well, let's, <laughs> let's hope that's the next one. I'll lose my shit if we talk about builders. No, scroll and hit episode six. So episode I'm, six, uh, episode I'm scrolling six. all the way down <laughs> to episode nine. <laughs> uh, I think we've got time for one more speed round. Okay. Episode one six, more. episode six, episode six. Episode six. Stop. <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> Could you imagine where it has stopped? I reckon it's episode six. <laughs> I just for just evidence and everything. Wow. Well, I'm, 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 I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Come on, Paul. I'm scrolling. Well, what, what is it? Go on, tell me. What, what do I need to talk about? Well, any funny stories, any awful stories, anything you want to share about experiences that you've had in working with builders the human oh side of builders god. oh god it's gonna be therapy i need 15 ready? stress balls to talk about it right <laughs> basically uh i took my eye off the ball when it happens to the best of us right yeah, yeah. and i got a builder in i kicked him off after three days oh, right god. he owed me 11 grand then the guy that recommended came in and he didn't want to take the job on but he took the job on i changed the build twice during the build lived in it didn't have a kitchen for seven months oh. Mrs. Argue with me constantly. Uh, it's been an absolute not. I'm nearing the end now, but it's been it's been one of the worst things I've actually ever done. I've had, you know, I've worked in business. I've, I started one business up when I was 18. I bought, you know, I've had stress. I've dealt with all that. But I say it would be, I'm people, I was really naive. And people said to me, it'd be one of the worst things you've ever done. And I didn't know what they were talking about, but it's been one of the worst things I've ever done. <laughs> I don't want to swear, because it is, but it's been painful horrendous oh, so anyway i'm at it's gonna, it is gonna look lovely because i've literally had another bedroom i've i've done i put a bar and i've done a whole lot of stuff and lots of unsweets and all oh, that bar, nice. it's, been, it's been it's been yeah it's been quite tough oh mm. bless you. yeah it, it's we always come back to this topic that your building team is the make or break of a project 100%. i've learned a lot yeah. about it i did meet one russian guy that came on board he's been brilliant but he came at too late in the day you know, right. comes in at eight o'clock, leaves at five o'clock, doesn't take a lunch break, proper graphs. Yeah, they work hard, the Russians. Apart from when they um, drop heavy joists at height and it comes through your ceiling. So I've had that issue. Recently. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so that, that was great. my last encounter with a Russian builder. Oh, right, less okay. about no, no, he's a really that. nice guy, will grafter. But yeah, it, I think what it is, uh, Joe, I'm used to dealing with professionals in what yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. And it's a, they're a different type of... Uh, a different type of breed let's just say that in that you know so it's been painful but everyone says to me it's going to be beautiful when it when it when it finishes and it will just waiting for that moment yes when will that be though when will it finish (laughs) it might be when spurs finally win the league possibly never (laughs) 
No, it's, I reckon within this month, I'll be finished by the end of April. Oh, that'll be Good. so nice in time for lockdown to lessen and enjoy Please it. God. I'm having my 50th at the end of May, so hopefully it'll be very What date in May? What, when's your birthday? Well, I'm 31st of May, but I'm having it. I'm not going to tell you the date because people start coming round and start. That's right. I'll, get, I'll get grassed on, won't I, to the old bills. And oh, you can't have that. You can't yeah. have that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I was it. Well, to be fair, mine's on the 27th. So you're a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. I bet I'm older than you, Joe. Yeah, you are, I think, babe. I'm definitely not 50. But I'm, I'm, mine's the big four zero this year. So I'm are you? Yeah, you look great. You, you don't look a day after 30, over 30. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, you can come on again. Anytime. That's right. I'll send Anytime. a telephone. Brilliant. Put that, we know when you said you'd help us with the promo. If you could put that in the promo as well, that would be amazing. What, Thank the tenor? You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tenor in the post. Tenor yeah. in the post. Love yeah. it. Oh, big Amazing. birthdays. Oh, right. Is it? Have we run out of time? Where are we? Yeah, I've got a call in three minutes, guys. Oh, right. Amazing. Well, thank you so much oh. for being with us today, Paul. No, it's been um, great fun. I've loved it. It's really good fun for you guys. So uh, that'll be a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See, see you on, on the next, next episode. episode.